Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Money Matters. It's Angel. Today is December 1st, the last month of the year. And as we close out this year, let's close it out with a bang. Let's close it out in a positive note. <clears throat> let's start 2019 on the right foot. Right. So today I want to talk about a topic that kind of builds on what we were discussing in the last episode last week, which was building a financial foundation. Now, that's not going to be my uh, my whole topic, but recently General Motors, GM, laid off about 14,000 employees. And, <clears throat> excuse me, these are probably people who have been with the company for many years. Uh, from the looks of it, maybe some were probably there 15, 20 plus years, you know, uh, 10 years. Like, they practically have dedicated a lifetime to the company. And the company laid them off. 14,000 employees. So, this goes again towards what I've been discussing and what I discuss often in this uh, podcast. And that's job security. With the new tax plan and everybody saving more money, why is there a necessity to lay off 14,000 people? Why is there a necessity to ruin the lives of 14,000 people? We can't and why we, I'm talking about the the company General Motors itself, can they use that extra money to put into avenues that will increase their business so that they don't have to let these people go? Let's think about this. General Motors lays off 14,000 people. 14,000 people. Now, each of those people have a family. At the very minimum, uh, let's say there's three members per family. I can't find where I put my tablet. Oh, here it is. So let's calculate that. Right? 14,000 people with at the least three members in their families. Because you have at least a husband, a wife, and one child. 
right? There could be more. Some of them maybe have two children, three children, or more. So I'm just using the number three as the bare minimum. Okay? And that is 42,000 people at the bare minimum. If we go to five, that's 70,000 people that have just had their household affected because General Motors chose to lay off 14,000 people. These are probably people who will not have an easy time finding another job. These are people who will now have to go to another job and start from the bottom. This is why it's important. Important. To build a financial foundation. To develop financial literacy. We need to. Stop going with the flow. Going with the flow. I think is the worst thing anybody can do. If you're not in control of your ship, then you're not in control of your life, period. And a lot of these people, maybe if they had been listening to our podcast, maybe if they had uh, partnered with me and our company, right? They would have had some kind of cushion. They would have had a cushion where it had been like, okay, they got laid off. There's still some type of income coming in from investments. There's still some type of income coming in from the part-time business that they were building, which they probably could have had rolling already in such a way that this layoff and maybe severance pay that they would have gotten, if they got any, could have been put towards, what you call, uh, pushing off that business a little faster, a little larger, where maybe they wouldn't have to go back to work or have to worry about looking for a job anymore because they're, Business is now generating for them enough income. Guys, we have got to focus on these things. We can't depend on job security. Job security does not exist. It does not exist. No matter how much President Trump wants to talk about bringing companies back, no matter how much he wants to talk about immigration and and people losing their jobs to immigrants or illegals, at the end of the day, it's the companies that choose to hire illegal immigrants. It's the companies that choose to cut people off the way GM just did. 
to keep more money in their pockets like they're not already getting more. Now, I'm not saying that I know everything that happened in this situation. But on face value, you know, that it doesn't look right. This is why we need to be the ones more proactive in our own financial affairs and in our own lives. You can't be solely dependent on a job. You can't be solely dependent on working for somebody else because the minute they don't need you, they will get rid of you in a heartbeat. And you and I know that that's a fact. You and I know people who have gone through it or we've gone through it ourselves. I went through it. One day I come into work. Everything is good. Looking forward to the next day. Next day we have a meeting that the company decided to uh, shut down all operations outside of San Francisco. Why? Because they were not good at managing their money. So they chose to get rid of everybody else and keep their main office and market open. So from one day to the next, I went from being with a job to being without a job. And again, this is where that financial foundation, financial cushion becomes very important. Because you never know what tomorrow has in store. You really don't. This is why we need to become self-educated. You're not self-educated by going to college. Imagine having a college degree, working at General Motors and getting fired. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of them actually had a college degree. This is, this is why it becomes very important to become self-employed. You don't have to start big. You don't have to start big. You can start small. You can start... Uh, uh, excellent example, as a matter of fact. UPS in my building has decided that they don't like to take boxes back. So they just leave it on your doorstep. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. And some of you may have seen the videos of people who UPS leaves the boxes at their doorstep and their packages get taken. Well, 
It happens everywhere. Now, someone in my building saw this and decided to take advantage of the opportunity. What did they do? They created a uh, I guess we can call it a, a, a drop service uh, where if you don't want to have your packages end up missing you can address it to their apartment where they'll be home to receive your package and then you come in when you come home from work when you come from vacation or whatever and you pick up your package there'll always be somebody there to sign for it you don't have to risk now your packages being stolen because they're left at your doorstep somebody saw this opportunity and took advantage and guess what they are doing this from their own home why is that such a big thing because now their rent a portion of their rent they can write off some of this you have heard me say already a portion of their rent they can now write off because now part of the apartment become storage any uh, Wi-Fi if they send bills if they bill you through a uh, PayPal their cell phone if they use a square right or if they use cash Whatever it is that they do, bills that they were paying already now become tax write-offs for them. This is how easy it is to start a business. We need to stop overcomplicating things into thinking that it has to be a brick and mortar business. It has to be large. We need a marquee. We need to have billboards. We need to have flyers and thousands of employees. This is probably just a one person operation that they just created. There was a guy um, about a block away from me who had a car wash business on the corner of his block he put up a couple of banners and people would pay him to clean their cars we have to stop making things bigger than they are but that small shift imagine that if the husband went to work and the wife stayed home 
receiving these packages, running this business. Now imagine when this was a situation for one of those GM workers. Do you think they would have to worry about money because he got laid off? Depending on the level of operation, maybe. If they had just started, maybe. If they had just started and actually being that it's a much needed service, the income could probably almost replace what he was making or his layoff or her layoff would not have been such a major hit wouldn't have such a major impact on the family but when you are solely dependent on a nine-to-five when you're solely dependent on one source of income. Income that you have to trade time for. Then you have, you know, you have no choice. It's like you're going with the flow. And this is why I said you can't go with the flow. You can't go and let the winds just take you wherever they want to go. We have to take control of our lives. We have to take control of our financial situation. We have to take control of our family. And we have to look into those things which will allow us to do so. You can't just think that this is only for them. It's not for us. I don't want to try to learn this. If it makes things better for you, do it. i give you one example. One of my business partners, she was on the verge of foreclosure. And the banks had already sent the letters with the sheriffs. She was in court. They gave her a certain amount of time to come up with the funds needed to stop the foreclosure. So at the same time that this was happening, she's stressed, she has her kid, she's about to lose her home, she doesn't know what to do, she's working, she was a single mom, she didn't know what to do. Someone came up and shared with her the opportunity and education that we provide. And she took advantage. Here's the kicker though. 
She took advantage of this opportunity and quit. And quit. Then it came to her again. And she took advantage of the opportunity. And within six weeks, she was able to generate $4,600 using our strategy, using our business, using our business model. She was able to generate $4,600 to add to the money she had already saved up and give the banks $9,500 to stop the foreclosure. Now, imagine how things would have been had she not quit. Imagine how things would have been where she is now, she would have been at earlier. Foreclosure would have never been even a conversation. It wouldn't even been a thought. Now she has that financial foundation where she still works. She generates income from her business. She's investing. She has her uh, emergency fund. And the list goes on and on. Everything that we teach, her credit score has improved. She has used our strategies to increase her credit score, reducing interest rates, meaning more of the money that she paid credit card companies or the banks goes towards the principal instead of the bank's pocket. Why I think about this? Because this is a strategy. This is a this is a uh, a plan or setup of the banks. If your credit score is good. You pay a lower interest rate because they want your repeat business. If your credit score is bad, banks and credit cards charge you a higher interest rate because they know there's a possibility that you may not come back. And if you do come back, they'll continue to make a ton of money off of you. So they give people with good credit scores a break. Yes, they're going to give us money, and you might come and take out more and larger amounts frequently. So we'll take the trickle that you give us. But this guy over here with the bad credit score, that's our, our what do you call it, a cash cow? That's the money that we're going to live off of. Now think of how many Americans have bad credit. 
Think of how many hard-working Americans have bad credit because they work hard and they still can't afford anything. And if you've been listening to this show from the beginning, you know that I talk about how you lose your income. One-third of your income is lost to taxes before you even get your money from your job. One-third of your income is lost to debt. One-third of your income is lost to inflation or the devaluation of the dollar, which causes prices to go up. The next third of your income, I know some of you are thinking you can't have four-thirds. That's the point I'm trying to make. Because now, this extra quote-unquote third, which is spent on big business, and if you listen to the episode last week, you know I, I went in hard on Black Friday and all these holidays where they pretty much forced you to spend money. And now you go back into your credit cards, you try to borrow money from the banks, or you borrow money from a friend to take advantage of Black Friday deals. You borrow money to take advantage of holiday deals. You borrow money or you put on a credit card your Valentine's Day. Your St. Patrick's Day drinks with the, with your friends or uh, with the job, the co-workers. You spend uh, credit card money for Easter because many of you know that when Easter comes around, we need to have our new clothes. I don't do Easter personally. But when I was a kid, that's how it was. You had new clothes for Easter. May is Mother's Day. June is Father's Day. July is the 4th of July, so we got to have a barbecue. We got to have fireworks. Fireworks are illegal in New York, but somehow people still get them up here. August, you now, if you haven't saved already... You're now going into your credit card to get school supplies and school uniforms and new sneakers and figuring out transportation. Then comes September, Labor Day sales. October, Columbus Day sales. Halloween and costumes for the kids and candy for the trick-or-treaters and decorations. November, Thanksgiving, family coming over, we got to buy a shit ton of food, pardon my French, to feed everybody so that we can run out and spend more money on Black Friday on our credit cards. Then we continue on with the money in the credit cards for Christmas. Then comes New Year's Eve. We got to celebrate the the new year with a bang. 
and we spend 12 months of the year getting into debt. And I just saw a recent article, I think during the week or last weekend, that many of the people who went out shopping, like, listen listen to how, how crazy this is. Many people that went out shopping last Friday for Black Friday deals are still paying off the stuff they bought Black Friday 2017. You're going Black Friday shopping in 2018 still paying off what you bought Black Friday 2017. In 2019, people are still going to go Black Friday shopping and are still going to be paying off the stuff that they bought this year. As they say in Arabic, Billah, I seek refuge in Allah. Because that's crazy. We wonder why there's so much debt. And by debt, I'm not talking about country debt. I'm talking about our own personal debt. We wonder why we have financial difficulties. We wonder why when our jobs lay us off, it's such a big hit. Because we're not prepared. We're going with the flow. Everybody goes Black Friday shopping, we go Black Friday shopping. Everybody celebrates Valentine's Day. We are celebrate Valentine's Day. I remember growing up. And I think about this like on Valentine's Day. My mom used to have a... Uh, it's not a billboard. A bulletin board. And... On that bulletin board was a little card. It said 101 ways to make love without having sex. And I'm not talking about sex, but the point was that this this card showed how showing you care for somebody doesn't have to have a certain connotation. Let's go for a walk in the park on Valentine's Day. Spend the day together. Let's take the day off of work. Spend the day together. Maybe I don't spend five, six hundred dollars on one day. Maybe we just go to the park and have a picnic. Maybe you go to the skate rink. You know, if you don't have the funds, work within your means. I'll tell you a, a personal story. This is maybe 10 years ago. 
I was in a financial position where I wasn't bringing in enough money. So we were very, very, very tight financially. And it was one of the first years where we were able to, by we, me and my kid's mom, we were able to buy them Christmas presents. It wasn't anything major. We went to a discount store and we bought them Christmas presents. So my kids, my two oldest especially, were very fond of board games. So we bought them, you know, Children's Monopoly. We bought, uh, I think it was Sorry. We bought them other little small things. So my kids were so excited to have presents under their tree. Now again, I don't really do Christmas because, uh, you know, it's not one of my holidays, but at that time, we did Christmas. And my kids wanted to open up a present on Christmas Eve. We said, right, you know, you guys are going tomorrow, Christmas Day, spend the day with your grandfather. Let's open, let's open one now. They each opened up a board game. We spent the night playing board games as a family. The next day, and I, I, I still laugh at this because it opened my eyes to, to the reality of things. The next day, it was time for my kids to go with their grandfather. So he called to get them ready. Said, all right, we'll have them ready by the time you get here. Go to my kids, like, all right, let's get your clothes on so you can go to your grandfather's house. Because he's coming to pick you up. Do you know my kids complained? They complained about going to their grandfather's house. We don't want to go. We want to stay here and play more board games. We want to keep playing kid Children's Monopoly. We want to keep playing Sorry. We want to keep playing... Um, well, it was... Uh, man, it's an old game. Operation. They had so much fun playing these board games that it was for them the best Christmas they've ever had. Because we stayed home and played board games. This is what holidays are about. This is what we have to get our children into the mindset. Like, look, yes, you have a holiday coming. Yes, you know, it's a big day or whatever. 
But no, we don't have to spend a shit ton of money. No, we don't have to buy expensive things. Let's just stay home together. Let's have a movie night, make popcorn, uh, hot chocolate, and spend the day binge watching movies, maybe. Spend the day playing board games. You know, you make this shift and you save instead of spending five, six hundred dollars on a credit card that you're going to keep paying off a year later. You can spend forty, fifty dollars cash and have the best day that you could ever have. Now, I'm not I think not saying this for the idea of. You know, telling you not to celebrate, but this is how you can avoid going into more debt. Because it's mind-boggling how I read that article and you're still paying off a year later. A debt you generated a year before and you're adding on to it. This is why big business is big business. Because they've turned every holiday into a big business. But you got to spend money. Now this is money that could go into investments. This is money that could have gone into an emergency fund. This is money that could have gone into building your business. Marketing your business. This is money that could have been to build that foundation so that if you worked for GM and you got laid off you would have had something to fall back on you wouldn't be running around like a chicken without a head trying to figure out now where the rest of your income or uh how are you going to pay the bills next month? How are you going to pay the mortgage? Am I going to go into foreclosure? Will I be able to pay the rent? Uh, am my lights going to turn off? Am I going to be left with no heat for the winter? Will my water get shut down? If I get foreclosed on, will I be able to afford rent? If I get a foreclosure, will I have to stay in the shelter? Can I afford to travel to the next family member's house and stay with them until I get back on my feet? This is why it's important to have a financial foundation, a financial cushion to become educated on how money works. It's very, very, very important. And I stressed very three times. If anyone knows about Islam, 
the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to when he wanted to hammer something in and express the importance of it, he would repeat it three times. Build a financial foundation. Build a financial foundation. Build a financial foundation. Build a cushion. Build a cushion. Build a cushion. Start your emergency fund. Start your emergency fund. Start your emergency fund. Because you don't know what the next day has in store. Then think about this. I want I want to ask a, a obviously a rhetorical question. Who benefits the most? The person who spends all his money living lavishly to impress other people or the person who lives below their means and uses the extra money for investments and things like that to build a financial foundation. Right? I'd rather buy shoes from Payless. Get my clothes from a non-name brand store and use that extra money to put in an emergency fund or to max out a 401k or throw it into investments than to spend it on a $300 belt, $200 sneakers, you know, $150 pants, for what? To impress other people. How they see me doesn't take care of me when I have no job. When I get laid off. When I can't pay my mortgage. Your impression of me doesn't pay my bills. So I couldn't care less. I care more about making sure my kids have a roof over their head. Making sure should something happen to me, my kids will not have to worry about where they're going to live, how they're going to live. To Right now, my dad is in the hospital. My dad, if any of you are around my age, I'm 36, my dad is one of those old school guys who believed in hard work. And he was raised in a time where, yes, hard work paid. If you put enough time in the company, they will give you, you know, you got a pension you could live off of. My dad got laid off before he could get a pension. And the company went out of business. He didn't know about building investments. He didn't know the benefits of owning real estate. 
or learning about the stock market or trying to build a business because all he knew was if I have a job, I'm set. If I work hard, I'm set. And some of us in the information age are still using industrial age thinking, which no longer applies. Industrial age thinking no longer applies. Defined benefit pensions no barely exist. Now we have defined contribution pensions. In other words, instead of us giving you money for the rest of your life until you die once you retire you put your own money in and you decide how much money you want to have when you retire and they call that a 401k where your money goes into investments that you didn't choose and you think you have something, so you just let it go with the flow. And you assume that you're going to have a nice uh, retirement fund. Then if you were set to retire in 2009... And you had a nice size uh, money put into your 401k. And then 2008 hits. And your retirement fund disappears. Or gets cut in half. Your 401k. Are you going to retire in 2009? But did you know? Do you think they retired in two thousand nine? Hell no. No, they did not. And to be honest, some of them are probably still working today, or just now are retiring. But they're going to retire to probably end up having to go back to work. And I'm saying probably because I'm just trying to be, con you know, conservative. But they're probably back at work. Especially if you were, you know, a regular employee, not a high-level, upper-level management. But guys, this is what I'm talking about. This is why we need to be prepared. This isn't an episode about... You know, doom and gloom and all that. It's about the reality. It's about how things are today. And how we want things to be tomorrow. And if you don't have that financial foundation. That cushion. You're going to be screwed. Because job security does not exist anymore. They just might not even go out of business. They just might get rid of your department. 
Where is your job security now? They might take your department and outsource it. Where is your job security now? So guys, think about that. Job security no longer exists. Job security now becomes the reason why we need a financial foundation. And if you still think job security exists, you know, I wish you the best. Because it's not going to get easier. You could have a job today and be out of a job tomorrow. And if you're not financially prepared for that, you're either going to be dependent upon the government or dependent upon your children. And you know what's funny? And I've said this before that I. So Department of Social Security actually says that. Their breakdown is like, so whatever year you were born, by the time you hit 65, 36% of the people born and turning 65 that year will be dead. 54% of people born that are turning 65 are dependent upon the government or dependent upon their children. Five of those, 5% of them are still working. 4% of them are financially successful which means that by the time they retire they have enough money to live comfortably and 1% is wealthy and this is according to the Department of Social Security so the question becomes are you going to be in that 54% that's dependent upon the government and your children? Are you going to be that 5% that continues to work until you die? Or are you going to be that 1% that built the foundation and became wealthy so that you can retire at 40 instead of 65? So by the time you hit 65, you don't even thinking about retirement because you've already been retired. You don't have to worry about where your money's coming from. Guys, this is very important. It's important for you. It's important for me. It's important for our children. It's important for their future. So far, I see many... Uh, prominent, you know, uh, personalities in the financial district that are 
not promoting uh, warning of a possible crash that may be around the corner that was worse than 2008 and I mean I'm not saying anything I'm not trying to scare I'm not trying to imply anything but if wealthy people are thinking about this you need to think about it as well So again, this is what myself and my company do. This is what we teach. This is what we want to educate people on so that your life is, is lived on your terms and you're not just going with the flow. Instead of going with the flow, we now give you the oars so you can paddle your boat where you want to go. And then we allow you to upgrade. Now, from a rowboat, maybe you have a little motorboat. Then we allow you to upgrade from the motorboat to the yacht. Now when you're in the yacht, you're conserving energy because you don't have the rowboat. You got some shelter from the sun because you're not on a motorboat. You have room in there. You have a place to sleep. You can go with the flow or direct yourself and it's effortless. But the choice is yours. And this is why I started this podcast. This is why... I talk about these things because we need to know this. We need to be educated. We need to be prepared. If it's not for that financial crash, it's for the possibility that the Most High may choose to call us back. So with that... I wish everybody had a great weekend. I wish you enjoy your work week. May do another podcast during the week or next weekend. So let's see how the news, let's let the news dictate that. If something comes up, I might do it earlier. If not, I'll come up with another episode for the next weekend. Talk to you guys later. Peace.